Hi, I'm Alexandra Roxo, your host of the Holy Fuck Podcast. I've created this podcast because I want to explore how the mystical touches us in our everyday lives, how the sacred and the profane move together like two sides of the same coin. I found that personally, the most magical view I can choose of life is when I find the divinity, the healing, and the transformation in all of life. In this podcast, you can expect to hear inspiring conversations and storytelling that touch the heart and awaken the soul. This is a place for the modern seeker, passionate human, and curious explorer. A place where we can redefine what is sacred and what is profane, and just have the courage to open to it all. A place where we can step out of the mainstream programming and choose what stories and beliefs and rituals we hold sacred and true. On this podcast, you're going to hear from people on all sorts of walks of life, sharing what they're passionate about, what keeps them awake at night, what they consider to be sacred, what they consider to be profane, how they have explored life and freed their hearts and souls through love and spiritual practice, art, meditation, sex, drugs, birthing, prayer, just experiencing life in all of its wild tragedies and comedies. Plus, ideas, explorations, advice, and truths from me on sex, relationships, spirituality, and what it means to be a human on this planet at this time. If you found that you're also a rebel mystic who doesn't fit into the flattened ideas of good and bad and spirituality, but sees the nuance that life has to offer us, then I hope you find a home with me here in this podcast. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. I am excited to answer some of your questions today on this podcast. People have submitted such great questions. And, um, okay, so one of the questions that was asked um, makes me laugh because it's asking me how life is going in Colorado. I met a man um, pre-pandemic, was in a long-distance relationship with him, and then here I am a year later, I've moved to Colorado. So this is a different life. Um, I lived in a city before in New York City, often, off and on for 12 years. And so you just heard me pause because I heard a creak in the house. And I'm not going to lie, <laughs> the switch from apartment living to house living has been a bit of a learning curve for me. Um, it's funny because I grew up in a house in Marietta, Georgia, when I lived, you know, when I grew up with my mom in the suburb. And um, I never really liked that, to be honest. I found it to be, you know, kind of creepy at night. And um, over the years, I've lived in some houses, not just apartments, but I actually felt ready to leave apartment living. And that is, you know, it's a bit of a luxury to be able to actually choose that. And that being said, where I have moved now is way less expensive than living in New York City or Los Angeles, where I was living in Venice. Um, and so I am like loving the space. I'm loving not having neighbors like that I have to sort of be in this constant um, dialogue with who are like seeing where I'm going and what I'm doing and, you know, just kind of greatly wondering about my life and you know, sometimes there's conflicts with neighbors. When I moved into my apartment in Venice, um, a friend said, you know, you can't 
you don't choose your parents and you don't choose your neighbors. And it's true. And you kind of get into this, you know, deep ongoing relationship with them, whether you like it or not. So it's really nice to not be on top of other humans in an apartment building and, um, to be close to nature. That being said, nature is terrifying. And, you know, it's like being in nature when you, when you think that, you know, okay, so you go out and take a hike and you're like, Oh my God, this is awesome. And then a minute later, somebody's like, Oh, we saw a bear up ahead on the, on the trail. Then it's like, wait, this, it was awesome. And now it's no longer awesome. So <laughs> nature is, is, is beautiful to live near nature. And it's also frightening. There's so much unknown. It's like, we have come so far as humans away from being comfortable in nature, which I believe is a mirror of us being comfortable in our own bodies, because there is so much unknown in our bodies and the psyche, the way that, um, that trauma lives in us, the way that feelings live in us, the way sex functions, like there's so much curiosity, so much fear, so much unknown in these physical bodies and nature is really similar. And so, you know, it's like sex. It's like in theory, oh my God, I want to do it. And it's amazing. And I can feel super expressed and it's gorgeous. But then also walking up to that kind of forest in a way and going, okay, I'm going to enter. I don't know what I'm going to get today. Because when we have a sexual experience, we don't know what we're going to get that day. We may get a crying orgasm. We may get no orgasm. We may get a complete disconnect from our partner that comes through because they're thinking about something else. Or we may feel anxious and we can't drop into our body. So it's like, you know, but we don't avoid having sex, you know, or maybe we do at some point. So nature is similar. It's like, I want to go on the hike. Oh, but there's bears. Okay, now I live in bear territory. Oh, there's mountain lions. Okay, cool. Oh, but then there's foxes. Oh, beautiful. And there's mountain cre creeks and streams. Oh my God, amazing. Um, and I have no control over any of it. Just like in a city, there's all of these other aspects that we don't have control over. Um, and it's funny that I have become accustomed to like walking around a city, like carrying mace in my hand, running from my car often because, um, you know, I didn't feel safe because as any woman knows who's gone through some shit, that doesn't matter how much healing you do. It lives in your body and your nervous system. So if you feel unsafe, you freaking run, you hold your breath, you clench, you call a friend, you know, there's all this stuff you do. So it's, it's interesting because that becomes kind of more normal right? That, that was my normal was like, oh, just like, okay, I'll just run from my car. I'll run from my car to the front door to, to whatever, which is so, sounds crazy, right? Um, whereas like here, it's like, oh wait, I'm not going to take a hike because there may be bears. It's like, no, I can't live like that, right? I can't live like that, but I'm still learning. <laughs> and so I was, I was hiking with my partner and we, we sat down to have like some tea on a blanket and he was like, there's a moose. And a few days ago, our friends had told us that a moose had like almost charged them. So I started feeling panicky and I was like, oh my God, like what if this moose charges us? And, um, you know, he was like, there is a learning curve for you to relax and trust nature. Um, the same thing happened. We were hiking another day and someone was like, there's a moose up ahead on the trail with, a, with her young. And sometimes that means like a mama can be protective. And so I was like, maybe we should go another way. And he was like, no, we're, we're okay. Um, so I'm still learning that, you know, it's like, 
I would walk home or go home from places late at night in New York City and um, I felt a deeper sense of control somehow and I'm not sure why that is. Well, I'm, I, I mean, I am on some levels, but to be here, it's it's to enter into this new realm of knowing myself, knowing my body, trusting my body, trusting nature because I'm here. Um, and that is really exquisite. And so uh, I'm, I'm committing to slowing down, to writing more, to reading more, um, to considering, you know, what I do with my days, what time I go to bed, um, how much TV I watch, and just considering all of those things, and they are different. I think living in a city, I, I just consumed more by default, consumption, consumption. Go get the $14 latte, go out to dinner, go out to this, that. And we don't do that. Um, we just don't. You know, we go out to dinner sometimes, but I'm not going and walking to, to Erwan, the fancy grocery store in L.A., and getting a, you know, a fancy latte all the time or whatever. And um, And it's nice to live a life of consuming less. That being said... We did just move in and we bought a bunch of stuff on Amazon. I had a lot of guilt around that. I was, you know, we were sitting going, oh my God, all this packaging, geez, Louise. So, you know, there's all, there's, I'm not painting myself out to be a saint by any way, shape or form. I consume just, you know, I do. It's just different, you know, a lot more cooking here. Um, and in terms of rituals, because whoever wrote that question didn't just ask about, they didn't ask about what I eat. They asked about rituals. Um, Going into nature becomes such a deep ritual. Now, the way that I like to define ritual for everyone listening is when we create a bridge between um, spirit and matter. Spirit and matter, right? Spirit is the unknown, the ineffable, the numinous. And matter would be the body, the physical realm. So ritual creates a bridge. It calls forth spirit into matter. And so um, ritual is not to be rushed. Ritual is not to be casualized. Ritual at its best creates a space for transformation because you're calling the spirit into the matter and the matter is transformed. It's calling spirit into the body, the body's transformed. You could look at this as a breathwork ritual. You're calling the breath, the spirit, the essence forth with the breath, 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 and something is transformed. Emotions are, are, are wrung out of the tight muscles, right? Oh, and it's, that is a transformational place. So there's many different places. You don't have to do, um, you know, plant medicine or go to church or you don't have to, um, do breath work even to have a ritual and to create a transformational experience within your own being. Um, many people do that with art, with song, with dance. Um, in a culture that is so casual and so kind of close to, to, to you know, buying things and selling things all the time, um, having a ritual that slows you down, and connects you to the greater essence of all, the greater unknown that the mystics try to explain, the physicists try to explain, the scientists try to explain. Nobody can explain it, which is kind of fucking amazing. No one can explain it. 
People have hints and ways of understanding how the universe works, but no one can explain it. No one. And that is fucking cool. So we bow to that unknown when we ritual. And some people bow to a deity that is a bridge between us and that unknown. Kind of like a gatekeeper, you know, but it, you don't have to have a, a an inherent gatekeeper, priest or deity on your, on your you know, altar or whatever. It can be a poem. You know, if you read Rumi or Mary Oliver or, you know, Walt Whitman, you may be transported. You may find a bridge within their words into the numinous realms, into the realms of spirit. Um, my rituals also continue to be writing and reading because those are my pathway. I think because I'm a Gemini North Node, my karmic destiny lies within words. And, um, and my, my wounded healer, my Chiron, is in Taurus. And so my wounds lie with the body, the senses. So bringing that, the words, the language to the senses and to embodiment and healing within the body. So, you know, my rituals here just have a little bit more space, a little bit more quiet, and a little less fight or flight, a little less high anxiety as I did when I was in Venice. There was a lot of anxiety. Um, there was a lot of fight or flight, I think, just being there. And so here, there's um, my nervous system is, is less jacked. It's minimally jacked, <laughs> actually. It's pretty quiet. Except when I get scared at night or, or, you know, when I saw a mountain lion on our cameras or when I'm driving on the dark roads and I'm entering into night. And, you know, part of me being afraid of the dark is afraid of the unknown, afraid of the womb, afraid of the field of, of the yin. And part of that is very feminine. It's like, you know, night. So, so many rituals, creating space, reading, writing, walking outside and being in nature, which like I said, I still have some edges around because I'm like, ah, I ordered like <laughs> bear spray, which I would be terrified to use. I ordered a bell um, for like my backpack when I'm hiking. My partner's like, you're not wearing that. That's so loud and annoying. I ordered a whistle from my keychain because I'm a safety girl. I love safety, you know? So, um, but despite that, the rituals of slowing down, observing the seasons here, beginning to change, listening to the wind, slowing down, you know, consuming less, Dipping in a cold stream, which I can be super wimpy about. I know you've probably seen some videos of me on Instagram dipping in cold streams. So I do do it and I love it, but I can also be super wimpy about them. And my partner's like in the middle of winter last year, like crunched through ice. And, um, and, uh, you know, I was just like, you're crazy, <laughs> but I took a video. Um, but maybe more than anything, leaving the city and coming to a place that's more spacious and green and is having time to consider what are my rituals? What do I hold sacred? What do I need to kind of renew my vows with? And I think I'm still in that process, honestly. Uh, renewing my vows of waking up early to write, being a writer and an artist first and foremost, and then going into my you know, two days a week that I coach women 
and letting those be such a ritual of medicine and magic and change and transformation and conversation and communication and discourse and laughter and friendship. And, you know, there's so much there. Um, thank God for that work. It really feels so good and I love it. And it's so fun and nourishing and also frightening many a day. Um, and I give it my all and I, I'm really devoted. And, um, so there's a space of just coming back into all of it. And, uh, we also sit in tea ceremony, which my partner pours tea and, um, yeah, I'm, we're going to, it's on our list to talk about in therapy when, when I, when we feel comfortable becoming a bit more public, but, um, for now we're, we're really honoring the privacy and enjoying the sacredness of our relationship. And, um, because it would be so tempting for me to just like use it as all my writing material because, well, that's how I am. So it's almost like kind of just taking it off the table felt like, like, um, a really good thing to do. Otherwise I'd probably I, like really just be writing it all and sharing it all. And so it's kind of like, well, before we do that, let's just take some time to be in it and not be documenting it. Because when I was younger, I would, um, sort of be always watching what was happening in my life. And if I could get a good story out of it, a good post, a good blog, a good script. And, um, so uh, sometimes I would like sort of even be watching a scene as it was happening and kind of thinking, how, how am I going to write this story? <sighs> Which any writer knows like that's part of that is amazing. But part of it is, is like escape avoidance of the moment because you're thinking about how you're going to write it and how it's going to go. And, um, so having my relationship be a no go zone for that has been really great because as much as I want to turn it all into the most amazing content, that's so fun and sexy and fresh and hilarious and <laughs> deeply spiritual. Well, I got to look elsewhere. I got to find content and create content in other ways. Um, and that's been healthy for me you know, to not be watch. I, I used to sometimes write like blog posts or, or Instagram posts or emails about what happened yesterday with a friend. I mean, I would ask them, but still part of me was watching in the moment, watching like, Ooh, this is going to make a great teaching. This is going to make a great. And part of that is, is a bit of a psychosis. It's like, you know, you're like living in your own world in your own head while you're watching the moment simultaneously trying to like sort of screenshot the moments so that you don't forget all the juicy things. And then you're kind of like rushing to go home and write it out or write it out in the bathroom and, <laughs> and then ask your friend or not, and then totally piss them off because they're like, dude, that was like our intimate moment. There you were like trying to create content out of it instead of just being with it. So anyway, I'm not doing that with a lot of our special moments, which would be epic content. I mean, because we're, we are really devoted to our practice and to being together and reading poetry and tea and, you know, creating beauty in our home. And, you know, it's just, I can't make it into award-winning content right now. So <laughs> I have to just live it and let it be documented in my heart, in my heart first first in my heart, not on my phone. And that feels really fucking good. Um, anyway, I sort of like tangentialed off the question, the first question, but, um, I hope it was a fun tangent. I enjoyed it. Uh, 
<laughs> Love you all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having conversations, asking questions, considering this life and how we live it and how we show up to it and with our big, wide, juicy, open hearts. And um, yeah, so so that we just, you know, enjoy the shit out of it, you know? And still be real about what hurts and what's scary. And, you know, I'll, I'll read you just before I sign off my text with my partner, which I think this doesn't count as, you know, like oversharing, but we'll see. I texted him. I'm hearing noises down here in my office and on the stairs, but I'm trying to be brave. And he said, mice? I said, I don't know, but I'm okay. I just wanted to feel you being upstairs. And that's where I am, still, you know, integrating into a country mountain living um, and learning to be less afraid of the dark and learning to live my rituals here and learning to let my essence fill the space here instead of being compressed into a city apartment. Anyway, but I'll be in New York City soon enough. And I can't wait for that moment as well. I love you guys, like I already said. Um, thanks for liking, supporting, subscribing this podcast. Please, you know, uh, email me, DM me. Let me know if stuff stands out, if you love it, if it touches your heart. Um, if you hate it, well, you know, I'm driving you. <laughs> okay, bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo, and you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events, and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.